if you have a calm, calm nature as a goalkeeper, I think it it builds a trust with your defence. Do you know what I mean? If you're erratic, yeah. Hmm. and yeah, of course, they don't, know what, yeah. they don't know what you're doing. That just puts fear in them. Just something about you as a goalkeeper has to be special, um, and you just build that up by having a character and doing it consistently. Um, and you've got to have that, like I said, that, that main word that keeps coming back is trust. Hello and welcome back to the High Press. Um, we're still here, going on, making a racket, shouting and banging. Um, but we're, we're back again. There he is. Cal's banging. Uh, <laughs> not for the first time. Um, anyway, how's it going, Cal? How are you doing? I'm all right, mate. I'm, I'm good. Um, yeah, keeper special today. I'm looking forward to, a, yes. to speaking to a keeper, mate. He's a proper good lad that I've done, isn't he? Yes, we've, uh, we've got a, a little bit of a keeper special. Um, I know there's been some demand for it. Uh, we've we've always wanted to get a goalkeeper on, um, so yeah, we we might as well we'll do it then. We'll do it, and we have done. So yeah, <laughs> listen to that. <laughs> what, then. what are you trying to say? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, no, but shaking my fist at you. We'll, we'll round it back in, and we'll we'll tell you that we've got Dan Jezef in the uh, on the podcast today. So Dan is a goalkeeper uh, who currently plays for Alv Church. Um, previously of Worcester City, uh, came through the academy at Walsall and at West Brom as well. Um, so we've we've spoke for a while, Rob, haven't we, about wanting to get a goalkeeper on the podcast and obviously yeah. very, very different to, to any outfield player. So just to understand that side of it. Um, and Dan's really good at speaking about the mental side of the game for a goalkeeper. He, he constantly mentions the the word mental side of, of, of that game and how difficult that be from goalkeepers. Um, and, and also talking about, obviously, the progression of his of his career and, and him working his way up and, and his hopes for the future, of course, and he wants to get to, to a much higher level than he's at now. Uh, Rob, what else can we hear from uh, from yeah. Dan from this week? Well, I mean, it's like he, he goes to say on, it's a, uh, it's goalkeeping is a sport within a sport. And and we yeah. you, you, we do find that out. Uh, it, it's it's I don't know. There was times where I, I couldn't say anything. I didn't know what to say to to the lad because he would just he would just say something. You just think, of course, you know, I've never thought of that before. And you know, you you, you don't think of that side of of the game as well. You you know, never never considered being a, a goalkeeper. What it's like to be a goalkeeper. Yeah. Um, of course. Yeah, and, and he, he talks about a lot about being trusted as well, and the limited opportunities there is for a goalkeeper. Um, as mm. we as we say, we'll we'll uh, we'll get into that though. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, get your gloves on for this one as we speak to Ulf Church's number one, Dan Jezef. Uh, Dan, pleasure to have you on the High Press Podcast, mate. How you doing? Yeah, good, thanks, mate. Yeah. yeah Very good. To be honest, What's that, sorry? It's a buzzing to be on. Buzzing to be oh, on, mate. It's our pleasure to have you on. I um, started watching Worcester City myself a couple of years ago and you were uh, you always the number one keeper. So an emotional day when you left, mate. But, uh, you know, pleasure to, to have you on the podcast and have a, a chat about your career today. Um, but we'll, we'll jump straight into the, the, the first segment, as we're always doing. It's our quickfire round, uh, starting 11. So 11 quickfire questions that we're going to throw at you, Dan. Um, this or that questions and uh, yeah, 
time to have a bit of a bit of a laugh and a bit of banter. Bob, do you want to kick yeah. us off with this one, mate? Yeah, go on then. Uh, what team do you support? Uh, Crystal Palace. Ooh. Wow, that's interesting. That's a new Are you one. a Londoner then, or? Yeah, so um, grew up in Croydon, uh, literally okay. about two, two streets away from the ground. Um, wow. Old man was groundsman there, heads groundsman for years and years. Um, wow. So just grew up literally Crystal Palace all my life. So. Wow, I like that because obviously we're Midlands based, so we have a lot of people saying oh, Albion, Villa, Wolves, etc. Mm. So I have a Palace one, and that's quite interesting. Might jump yeah. into that a bit later. Um, yeah, question yeah. two, Rob. Strange question, but I, I like it nonetheless. Uh, pasta <laughs> or noodles? Pasta. Has to be pasta for me. I don't think any sane person chooses noodles over it, surely. Nah. And the, the, what's it called? The fusely. You know, they're yes. Yeah. Okay. Winner, winner. Pasta of choice. <laughs> you know what? It it seems like I always go for the the one nobody goes for. You know, when it was the milk, when it was like the the yeah. pop, you know, the Pepsi or whatever. Yeah, noodles. I'm noodles. Are you noodles? Right, well, you are. You're just yeah. an out there person, aren't you? I like a, I like a Chinese meal every now and again. I suck it at Chinese meals. Yeah, I like a Chinese. I don't opt for noodles though. Controversial moment. Do you have like rice or something? Yeah, so I'll have like a, a chicken fried rice, beef fried rice, something like that. Oh, I love sweet and sour chicken balls. But yeah. Anyway. Moving um, on. <laughs> moving on. Hey, uh, what is the best film you've seen? I only watched it the other night again. The Wolf of Wall Street. Okay, it is a classic, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's one, I mean, it's a long one. What is it, three hours and 20 yeah, minutes? Yeah, like but, it's um, a lengthy one. I think we got it up the other night and we were watching that. I just I just think it's incredible. And I think it's meme central, that film as well. The amount of memes that you get from yeah, that film yeah, is yeah. incredible. That, that one, uh, the best films them. always have the best memes. <laughs> uh, question four, what is your favourite hobby that isn't football? Um, quite a new one, actually, golf. Okay. Sensei, a lot of, a lot of uh, people who play football also in, in the golf game. How are you, how are you faring yeah. so far? Yeah, well, I used to play it a lot um, when I was younger. Uh, yeah. So, obviously, I touched on it that my dad was the groundsman at the Palace. He's, he's mm. now the um, head groundsman at the Belfry. So wow, okay. Um, when I was younger, I used to go on there quite a lot, play a lot of golf. Um, got into, obviously, like a, an academy and had to kind of drop it. Only in the past three, four months, picked it back up and playing it like two or three times a week at the moment. Mm. You enjoying so, it? Yeah, yeah, I love it. <laughs> yeah, I, it's one of those sports I wish I could be good at, but I just I haven't got the. I'm not a person of finer details. I think it has to admit. Yeah. <laughs> so to get in the fine details right of the swing and the impact, I don't think it will yeah. go down well for me. There's a lot of a lot of things that go into it. I mean, it can be the best sports play in the world or the most frustrating sports play in the world. So. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. It's uh, it's not yeah. for me, but I wouldn't I wouldn't mind trying one day. Maybe go to a a, a driving range and see how I fare there. Yeah, I'll, I'll take you one day, Cam. Oh yeah, you're any good. Uh, I mean, I've got my own technique clubs. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just kick it along, you know. It just goes goes miles. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, FIFA or Football Manager. Uh I don't really play either, to be fair. Interesting. No, I, I've, I've played a little bit of FIFA, but I'll, I'm awful at it. 
absolutely awful. <laughs> so I just get too frustrated and never really play it. So I'm more if I'm get, if I'm gaming, I'm playing Call of Duty. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, we, we rage quit that about six months ago, didn't we, Rob? Just out of, <laughs> oh, out of fear oh, of consoles breaking and controllers being damaged. Yeah. 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 That's uh, what I'm like for uh, FIFA. I can't, <laughs> I can't, can't do it. <laughs> uh, football manager, there's too, too, too many things about it. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a very depthy yeah. game now, isn't it? Yeah, there's so yeah, much you need to do. It's a lot of time for, for football manager. It's not, not for me. You need a part-time job alongside it, I think. To, if you've got a full-time job, you won't be able to play the game, I don't think. No. Um, question six, what's your favourite day of the week? Uh, favourite day of the week? Probably a Wednesday, because it's my day off. <laughs> oh. <laughs> normally people say Friday, Saturday, maybe even Sunday. Never a Wednesday. Wednesday's always yeah. a brick wall for me, because... Wednesday's you... my day off, and it's such a nice day, because you do two days of work. Day off, two days. Yeah, of work. two days of work. Oh, mm. it's the so dream. It kind of it kind of works out quite nicely for me. Do you want me asking what you do for a job? Um, yeah, so I work with a, a coaching company. Um, okay. I don't know if, I don't know if you know him, Callum Powell. He's he's been around non-league for. A, okay, name doesn't ring a bell, but go on. Um, so he's at Kettering now. He's got his own coaching business, and um, we started up this like um, post sixteen scholarship program so 16 to 19 year olds so i mm. teach them over the in the afternoon so they do their btec course and then um i do like one-to-one coaching after that so i specialize in goalkeepers obviously one-to-one coaching uh but also do some outfield stuff as well yeah so it's quite flexible in the sense of if we've got games and stuff like that i can i can leave and obviously yeah. i get that wednesday off as well which is nice yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. What happens if you've got a game down on a Tuesday? How's that working? Well, obviously, like Cal, Cal is the same. Like yesterday, we we both had a game, um, and he just has to go as well. Do you know what I mean? So, it's it's quite flexible in that sense that if I need to go, I just don't work them hours. Yeah, and no, that's good. That's very good. It, so, yeah, brilliant. So I went off on a bit of a tangent there, Rob. Do you want to pick up the next one? No, it was, it was good, informative. Um, so you, you get stranded on a desert island somehow. Uh, what two items... You see, it doesn't really make sense. What two items are you taking with you? I mean, so that, that sounds like you know you're going to get stranded, which is a bit yeah. of a stupid situation. So what two Maybe items... what two items say, do you wish you had with you? Or, or, do you, or do you want to be, like, washed up with you? Say, you, you, yeah, yeah, like Castaway with Tom Hanks. Uh, what two things would you <laughs> like with you? Um, I'd probably say my my golf clubs at the yeah. moment. I think if you were on a desert island, you could probably make yourself a nice little eighteen hole course on there. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, okay. That would probably be my first challenge. Yeah, for make myself a little golf course around the island. <laughs> um, my second one. You can use them as a weapon as well. You know, if yeah. it's some kind of crab, yeah. hit, go after some food with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Decent. My second one. <laughs> Probably be uh, a little, quite into fishing as well. So maybe some fishing rods, okay. do some sea fishing. Another nice. again, another way of sourcing food. So I'll be sorted on the food side. Um, yeah. But as you can tell already, I'm quite a, quite a sporty person. It yeah, absolutely. Just around sports. <laughs> it's refreshing not yeah. to see someone say like the phone or something like that because everyone like brings some form of technology with them. Yeah. And then you've got Jezza who's, who's just living so the long, life. Yeah. He's, he's very much coping with his habits, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, it's nice. 
My phone would die after a day as well, and then that's it. Exactly, people don't think about it. There you go. And then they say, I'll bring a charger. What are you plugging it into? Anyway. Uh, Question eight, what is, uh, in your opinion, the best or maybe your favourite football stadium? Uh, I like Spurs, new ground. Yeah, it's very good. Yeah, the technology behind it, especially with the the two pitches they've got. Mm. Um, I haven't been, but I've seen, like, obviously the bars they've got there, the food places. I just think, like, it looks next level, to be honest. Yeah. so that's the best one that I've seen, um, been to. I don't really know what what what's the best ground I've been to, really. Maybe Villa Park. <laughs> I haven't really been to that many. Yeah. That many. Well, actually, no, New Camp. I forgot about that one. New, New Camp. Camp. It's a bit of an upgrade from Villa Park, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although, no, I think uh, Coutinho might Coutinho disagree. Would say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, what would the name be for your autobiography? Uh, I'll probably just keep it keep it nice and simple. Just something like Dan Jessup. It would just be boring. <laughs> I can't <laughs> think off the top of my head what it would be. It would be something boring. The, the life of Dan Jessup. It's it's to the point, isn't yeah. it? It's there. Yeah. It's there. But I'm surprised nothing about golf in there because two of the questions so far you've answered with golf. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, if I, maybe by then I'll be on the uh, in the Ryder Cup. <laughs> yeah, that's the final mm, chapter. True, final true. chapter. Uh, question ten. Uh, this is a great question, actually, Rob. I like what you've done here. Um, as a goalkeeper yourself, Dan, uh, Allison or Edison? Uh, Edison for me. Why? Um, I just think he's got. I just think his technique when striking the ball. Uh, there's a couple of videos that I keep seeing on Twitter where he's doing the side sidewinders on the in the warm up. Uh, he's yeah. like about chest height the whole way, just into the into the hands every time, and it can absolutely bomb it. I think he has he got the world record for the longest yeah. goal kick. I saw uh, obviously, his, his goalkeeping ability speaks for itself, but I think the, the striking yeah. of the ball is is a joke. He's just the perfect so, modern day keeper, isn't he? He's got everything. Yeah, yeah literally. So yeah, Edison for me all day. Yeah, great, nice. And uh, question eleven: Would you rather visit the past or the future? Uh, I'd probably be the past for me. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I Tell just, us why. I just think, um, well, I'm going to live in the future. So, um, yeah. Okay. The past yeah. is something you can, you can obviously you can read about. But I just think, especially like things like the war and stuff like that. I just would love to just to experience it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, I can imagine the future is going to be crazy with technology and stuff. But <laughs> yeah, hopefully I've got another. 70 80 years left of life to uh to experience that whereas i can't go back it's very true that's a good point no one said that before have it they? is it everyone is. wants to see what the future holds but you can you'll find out either way i guess won't you yeah right well that is the end of uh our <laughs> starting 11 round and uh it's time to move on to our, our oh, new dear. wiki round uh rob i know you're a bit apprehensive about this <laughs> Um, I don't do well at these at all. Dan, all I will let you know about is that I don't think you should feel any pressure here. 
because oh, wow. I think I think I think Rob's already panicking without even seeing the first one. Yeah, um, yeah, so yeah. for those who don't know, I'm going to show uh, the lads now four pictures on screen, one by one, um, and it's going to be a screenshot of a player's Wikipedia career. Um, I'll get you, uh, Dan, if you've got a pen or if you've got a phone or whatever you want, just to make a note of the answers from one to four. Um, lads, it's down to you to answer them. And of course, I'll explain uh, the career and who I'm talking about uh, for the listeners at home as well. So I'm just going to share my screen and you should now be able to see uh, image one. So uh, don't say the answer out loud, write it down if you know it. Um, but <laughs> please tell that? me who this player is. <laughs> So, uh, starting at Tooting and Mitcham United, uh, then went to uh, Reading, another loan spell at Tooting and Mitcham, went to Cheltenham in 2009, Southampton on loan, Colchester on loan, Sheffield Wednesday on loan, finally got a permanent club at Sheffield Wednesday in 2012, moved to Nottingham Forest for the 14-15 season before playing for West Ham United, where he is currently at at this moment in time. Are we, are we just writing these down? Yeah, write these down for the minute and then we'll go around for the answers in just a second. Have you both got something on paper there? No. No for you, Rob? Yeah, no. Uh, I'm just thinking. Can I have a minute? Uh, I'll, I'll give you 15 seconds. Are you confident with this one, Dan? Um, fairly, but only because I saw something on Twitter the other day. Okay. Um, about Ooh. about his first. I'm giving give wrong career about his first. Um, no, no, I've, I've got it before you say it. Sorry. Okay. Bob seems to have got it, so we'll tie that down before you have any second thoughts. Um, this one um is a tough one. Oof. I will admit, it's a tough one. If either of you get this, fair play. Um, so, started off at Portsmouth in 2000 until 2,774 oh appearances there. Um, had loan spells at Warsaw and Cardiff uh, before going to Middlesbrough, then at West Ham United, QPR, Norwich, Bristol City, and then Bolton Wanderers before he ended his career in 2019. That is a tough one. And he came into my head today for no real reason at all other than... I just thought he was a classic Premier League player who no one ever remembers. Any early thoughts, lads, without saying the name? No. Not a clue. Rob? Um, Take a point if you haven't got anything, of course. Yeah. I've got someone in mind, but I don't think it's them. But I've got to put it. So Portsmouth, Warsaw, Cardiff, Middlesbrough, West Ham, QPR, Norwich, Bristol City, and finally Bolton. 489 career appearances, just the 35 goals. And we'll move on to okay. the next one. Uh, I think this one's a bit more easier, but you might disagree. Um, started off at Chelsea in 2002 to 2006. Then moved to Middlesbrough between 2006-2009. Had a long spell at Stoke, 2009-2015. A loan spell at Leicester in 2015 uh, before joining there permanently until 2018. The silence is, is showing signs of thinking within this, within this Zoom call. <laughs> Any ideas, lads? 
Uh, no, I feel like I should know this one, but yeah, it's it's annoying. It's a great game. This is, by the way, especially when you know the answer, because you're like, how oh, can you not know? I'll give you ten more seconds on this one. So Chelsea, Middlesbrough, Stoke, Leicester uh, on loan before joining permanently in 2015. <clears throat> I believe he is now retired. Oh, shit. Did he, no. Ooh. Did he retire Ooh. from Leicester? Ooh. Okay, the screen's going off for that one. And then we'll go with the final one. This might be a bit more of a tricky one. Um, so for our listeners at home, started in 1996 with Blackburn Rovers yeah. before moving to Southampton where he spent most of his career from between 1998 and 2005. Moved to Everton in 2005 before going to Sheffield United for two years. Uh, one season at Stoke City before going to Rangers for uh, what appears to be half a season before having a loan spell at Blackpool. Uh, went back to Sheffield United in the 11-12 season and then ended his career at Accrington Stanley in 2012-13. to 13. 443 appearances, 131 goals. How are you feeling about this one? Got a name. Well, I mean, um, half he played for half of his team before I even started watching football. <laughs> oh. it, it was, I think, I, I don't know if I call him a Premier League classic, but I, I mean, I, I, you, would, you would certainly recognise the name. From when I probably started watching football in 2007 and nine, he'd only played. He's only played about 50 games. Yeah, you're not wrong. Actually, you're not wrong. Rob, are you happy with this one? I think so. Okay. Got a name. Right. I'll stop sharing the screen. Um, in fact, I'll, sh- I'll show them again to reveal uh, some of the answers, and I'll talk it through with you. Um, so, the one that you're coming up on the screen now is the first one. Um, a lot of non-league clubs before um, were well, still playing at West Ham United. The correct answer is Mikel Antonio. Both got that one right? Okay. Yeah. I'll let one. Yeah, happy days. Second one. Uh, I love this one because I don't think either of you will get it. And the second one is Gary O'Neill. No way, Gary O'Neill. Anyone remember Gary um, O'Neill? I went for uh, Clint Hill. So that's not a bad shout. Jess, who'd you go for? I just put unknown. Didn't have a clue. <laughs> Fair, enough. Fair enough. Well, one out of two for the both of you. Uh, this one might have been a bit more easier. Uh, Robert Hooth is the correct answer yes. for this one. Yeah, I got that one. Yeah. Oh, it's all to play for on the last one then. We'll have to have a tie break as well, of course, if uh, if you don't manage to get this one right. So the last one is James Beatty. Both no, of them? I was, no. I, I had Letitia. <laughs> yeah, because of the Southampton record. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, record, yeah, yeah. Right, okay. Let me then, in which case, uh, find someone who you might be able to guess. And I'll do. I'll make it a bit easier for you um, in the sense that it'll come from uh, a current Premier League player. Um, and what I'll do is, um, very much off the cuff this, um, what I will do is share my internet browser without hopefully showing their um, their name. Search history. Yeah, search history. That would be good, wouldn't it? Um, right, okay. We'll do it 
from here, I think. Yeah, there we go. Okay, right. So can you tell me, and just shout this out, by the way, um, and tell me who you think it is. Shout out first one to get it, gets the point. Who's this player? Derby County, Burnley, and then oh, to Newcastle. I've got him. I've shout got it him. out, shout the name out as soon as you get it. Uh, I want to let Dan have a go. I don't want to be me. Yeah, um, I want to go for Chris Wood. Incorrect. Rob? Is it uh, Jeff Hendrick? It's Jeff Hendrick. Yeah, correct. Absolutely right. But lucky, Joseph. That was a that's a tough um, one. I don't yeah. know where I got Jeff Hendrick from. How does someone think of Jeff Hendrick for a game like this? <laughs> I love it. Well, Rob, congratulations on your first win of the wiki round. Where does that rank Thank in you. terms of your life achievements? Quite high because it's quite stressful. Yeah. To be fair, <laughs> these, to... these games are quite stressful. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, I, I think you both dealt with the questions well. You both got two right, and they were the same questions. So maybe I need to get a bit easier on the old questions. Never need to give you a break. Yeah, right. making age appropriate. <laughs> yes, yeah, true. Actually, I need to look at the age of our guests, don't I? Right. Let's get into uh, the questions that we all want to listen to. So, uh, obviously, Dan, um, thank you for coming on the podcast. We're going to ask you a few questions now about about your career and, and how you started in in the game. So, um, first of all, do you want to explain just a little bit about yourself, who you are, and, and who you play for currently? Yes, yeah, so um, Dan Joseph. Uh, 23, currently playing at um, Albert Church FC. Uh, been there since the start of the season, so not that long. Um, obviously, previous clubs have been Worcester, uh, Tamworth, played at rugby, Warsaw and West Brom. Yeah. So, um, quite a few clubs there that I've been at. Um, but yeah, like I say, still quite young, really, for a goalkeeper. Um, yeah. 23, probably, well, 24 now, the other day. Just coming into probably my prime couple of years, really. So, mm. um, yeah. That's it, really. My question, on a side note, was going to be, a lot of a lot of people, sort of pundits, when they talk about goalkeepers, they always say, you know, a goalkeeper comes into their prime in the sort of late 20s, maybe even in some cases early 30s. Do, mm. do you... Do you agree with that statement as such? Because yeah, like I said, like I think the biggest thing for me is that um, that trust of the managers. I think there's a, a like a like you said that late late twenties, early thirties is is their prime, and people are just kind of clung on to that. Like the keepers have to be over six foot or over six foot two. Yeah. People kind of clung on to that. Do you know what I mean? And that's not the case anymore. Um, you, you know, there's some smaller keepers out there um, who are playing in the Premier League, who are playing Championship football that are just six foot. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. I think that late twenties kind of prime is is a a thing of the past, really. Personally, mm. I think you're looking now more 24, 25, 26 is where a keeper's really starting to come into their their best form. Yeah. Yeah, thoroughly agree with that. Actually, um, and and come, we'll, we'll we'll start back with our with our first question because I went off on a bit of a side note there. But talk to us about the um, the moment that you got into football in the sense of enjoying watching it and and the point up until which you you really sort of got into football on a on a sort of a playing level, really. Well, 
my story is a little bit different. Obviously, I, I've listened to a, a few podcasts now, and um, obviously, everyone comes on saying, "Yeah, I had football kits from when I was three. I was kicking a football." That was never really me, to be honest. I, okay. I never took a, a massive interest in football. Hmm. Um, so, like I said, I said to you before, like I'm, I'll probably struggle with the with the quiz round, like the wiki <laughs> round, and stuff like that because I've never really watched that much football. I've yeah. never really, um, not from a young age anyway, took much of an interest in it. Mm. Um, it was only through getting into, you know, like when you're off school and you used to go to the soccer camps. Yes. Uh, yeah. Where you'd go off and you'd play football all day. It would only be then when I would go and play football, really. Um, and like with your mates and whatever. And from there, I think I just started getting into Sunday League football, really. But even that, I think my Sunday league football team, I didn't, I didn't actually get in. I tried as an outfielder. So, okay. Um, what position? Uh, well, obviously, I was must have been about seven at the time. So you, you don't really have a well, position yeah, you yeah, play, yeah. play, don't you? So, um, but no, I wasn't good enough to get into my Sunday league team. So I mean, that's how bad I was at that age. But like I said, <laughs> football was never really a, a, a first first choice for me. Um, mm. Kind of just fell into it. Yeah, and and then talk to us about the point in which you started to pick up football as an interest, and then that, how that translated into you getting into into clubs. It was, um, like I said, didn't get into my Sunday league team. Um, so we used to train on a Saturday morning, I think it was, and then they would play on a Saturday afternoon or a, or a Sunday afternoon. So the ones that weren't like good enough would train on the Saturday, and it just by chance happened we had a penalty shootout at the end of the game. I went in. I think we had six penalties. I saved four of them, and the manager over there was like, "Oh, you should come and come and play for us tomorrow." Yeah. Ended up playing, like did unbelievably well. Played, and I just got my got my space in the Sunday League team there. That was must have been under sevens, something like that, hmm. under eight. Um, and we were fortunate that we had a really good Sunday League team. I don't I don't think we lost a game for eighteen months throughout Sunday league football. So we had clubs come in every week. There were people getting picked up here, there and everywhere. Um, and I think my first approach by academy was like under nines. So yeah. that was Villa. Went into Villa. Um, it obviously didn't work out there. I just went for a trial, didn't get him. Went back to playing Sunday league football. Uh, my next one was Blues. They came in for me. Um, said they'll like invite you down to training. Um, didn't end up getting like a call back to go down. So just kept playing. And then uh, eventually West Brom came in for me. Uh, yeah. I think that was 10 when that happened. Went on a, a six-week trial. Uh, and yeah, stayed there for, for nearly eight, nine years, something like that. Wow, I really didn't know that. Um, I didn't know you were at West Brom for such a long time. So at what point did you eventually leave West Brom? So I left West Brom when I was 16. Okay. Uh, I was there from I think nine years old. Yeah. Left to sixteen. So yeah, about seven years in total. <clears throat> you, you may or may not know one of our previous guests who used to be a youth coach at West Brom. Does the name Warren Grant mean anything to you? Yeah, yeah I know. I know Waza. Yeah. You know Waza. Yeah. Uh, He's come on the podcast was, before. He was around uh, around us quite a bit. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like for me, that was when 
like you said, when this really interesting football came was when I first went to West Brom. Like playing Sunday League football, it still didn't feel that interesting. Do you know what I mean? Hmm. Uh, but as soon as I went into that like academy setup, the professional setup, that's when I started to get a bit of a hunger and desire for it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And then looking at your, um, I was looking at your, your Twitter recently, and I think uh, you might have changed now, but certainly your profile picture, your cover photo was uh, your your time at Warsaw. So I, I think a proud moment for you when you made the bench for the first time. Talk to us about yeah. the, the move from to, from from West Brom to Warsaw and and how that came about. Yes, yeah, so obviously being at West Brom, um, I didn't end up getting a scholarship there. Um, so that's your 16 to 18, like youth, youth team kind of state. Mm. Um, so after I got released there, literally the morning after about 7.30, Warsaw called me up um, and wanted me down to go for a trial. Um, so I went in, had a trial, and I think my first game, Neil Cutler actually came, so he was the first team goalkeeper coach, and he was coming in to watch like the under 16 like trial game do you know what I mean so mm. he was really keen on having me and he, he um we had a meeting with him after and he was just like I said really keen on getting me in and it was kind of cuts that sold it to me um yeah. about standing there because I just really wanted to work with him I loved his um his passion for goalkeeping and his knowledge and whatever mm. um and yeah that's what really sold it for me so I ended up Signing on my uh, signing my youth team scholarship there. Yeah. Uh, so from from that point, then how did you end up at, at Tamworth? Um, so after not getting a contract from Warsaw, um, obviously my first aim was to get back into full time football somewhere. Um, went on a host of trials everywhere here, there, and everywhere um, up and down the country. Um, and for whatever reason it just didn't happen um, ended up getting into Tamworth purely just because my um, because of my mum off Twitter basically she's uh, <laughs> she likes a good tweet so um, she ended up getting a a, a, a message off what someone at, at Tamworth Reserves and they wanted me to go in and I was a bit here and there about it to be honest obviously coming from Warsaw um mm. Like, like you said, and then going into like a, a step two at the time reserves, I was like, mm. but I went along anyway and just got in there and instantly from after having one session, um, it was Andy Morell was the manager at the time and Mike Fowler. And they were just like, you, you've got to come with us. Do you know what I mean? You, you can't be with the reserves. Um, so that basically just went straight into the first team there. Um, as a number two, that was to James Belshaw. Is obviously now at uh, Bristol Rovers. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so that's basically how it happened. Like, it had just come off off, off Twitter, really, just getting in. My mum basically got me in the move, but um, didn't need an agent. Um, so, yeah. And, and talk to us about your time there. How much, did, um, how much did you enjoy your time there? And how long were you there for as well? Uh, I think I was there for about two seasons in total. Uh, I can't mm. remember maybe more but I love my time there obviously I started there as a number two under under Bells um, I was doing well in training he had a little dip in form um, went in played played really well um, 
and eventually got myself a contract off the back of that basically off off playing there I was meant to be the number one next season going into it um Mm. I went into the next season unfortunately I tore my MCL in a in the last pre-season game um and yeah they ended up getting loan keepers in and whatever and um it just didn't work out eventually Mm. uh but like I said, my time at Tamworth, I loved it. I met some really good mates. Obviously, Lee Evans, who's a goalkeeper coach there. Uh, he's a kiddie now. Um, great guy. Still in contact with him pretty much every day, really. Speak to yeah. him. Um, obviously, Jazz Jazz came in. When Jazz came in, it was going to be apparent that I was going to go back to a number two again there. Um, that's when I went off to go and find find football, basically. Mm. And and at that point, it's of course you you, you joined Worcester City and, and spent a few seasons there. Again, just mm. summarise your your time at Worcester and, and again talk to us about how the move came about and how much you enjoyed your time there. Yeah, so it, it kind of happened in two spells really. So after I <clears throat> did my knee at Tamworth the first year, after I'd recovered from that, I went to Tamworth, I went to Worcester on on loan, mm. um, or on a dual reg or whatever. Um, and that was a season where we were, it, it was the snapper era. Uh, so snapper okay. was the manager. Ash was the assistant. Um, yep. And that was actually the season that I ended up getting banned that season. So I yeah, I was looking at that earlier. Yeah, yeah. Um, I ended up getting banned just probably out of a bit of frustration and immaturity, to be honest. Like mm. I said, I haven't played many um, men's football games at that point. Um, hadn't really matured and made the wrong decision basically um, yeah. but obviously paid the price for it yeah. Uh, so yeah so after that um, kind of spell ended I went back to Tamworth and then when it was Jazz came in I went and signed fully and that was when Ash was the first team manager basically yeah um, and obviously He's a great guy. Like the, one of the main reasons I signed was because of him, Marlon and Gaz, who yeah. were all like part of the management team there. Um, and also the fact that they're a massive club. Do you know what I mean? They're yeah. What were they eight eight years ago or so? They were national league level, having eight thousand mm. fans games, stuff like that. Ridiculous numbers and. They still are a massive club. They're still getting big numbers through the gates, even for step five. I've seen the other day it was nearly 750, 800 at a game. Yeah. Which is yeah. which is crazy numbers, really, for step five level anyway. Mm. Um, so yeah, my time there was 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 really good because I, I developed a, a a character and a and a maturity and got games under my belt, which was massive playing men's football from probably the age of 20 to 22, two years of straight men's football was mm. really good. Downside is it we is we underachieved every season. Obviously, yep. the first one was called off because of COVID, but I still, I think we were eighth, something like that. And then obviously the season before that, I think we were, again, it got called off because of COVID, but we were 10th, 12th, something like that. Mm. And that was a season where we was literally third from bottom for majority of the season. Um, yeah. So that was... A really um, difficult one to take because, like I said, especially when you looked at the team sheet, we should have been like flying in that league, and we wasn't for whatever reason. 
No, I was just about to ask you, we've had a couple of the ex Worcester lads on before, or current Worcester lads in the likes of Aaron Roberts, Craig Jones, um, yeah. <clears throat> had Dimitri Brown on as well, and, and we've asked them all the same question, and we'll, we'll ask the same to you as well. Such a, a talented group of players on paper, um, mm. particularly for that level. Um, why do you think it is that the team underperformed in, in across those seasons with, with such quality on, on paper, really? I would put it down to two things, personally. I don't think you've had this response, but I've always stuck to it. Yeah. The first one was inexperience from the rest of the team. You obviously had your Jonah, Jonah and and Robbo. Yeah. Uh, apart from that, no real big experienced lads that would kind of hold us together mm. when the when the going got tough. Yeah. For me, I've always stuck to. I actually think we we're too good for the level. Okay, interesting. Explain that theory then. So for me, we were, um, like you got Turts, who was in the middle of the park, very good footballer, is at Alba Church now with me. And yep. when Turts came, he obviously wanted to get the ball down to play football. But we were at, what was the game? Lie. We was at Lie. Mm. And it's just not the pitch for it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And also, if you're coming up against people that are... Like not pressing you how you should be pressed for how we wanted to play football. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And just sitting back. And then when they do get it, they're just bombing it on us. Do you know what I mean? You've got big physical lads who are come down from leagues or step two or whatever. They're coming mm. down through the leagues and all they're just looking to do is get the body in, just knock it down. Do you know what I mean? And we're yeah. trying to play nice, pretty football on these pitches. I just didn't think it was the right thing to do. Do you know what I mean? I think if we would have had a couple of big, nasty players in there, it would have been a different story. But we just had the wrong setup for that league. I think you put us in step our league with that team. Mm. I reckon we probably do well. Yeah. Uh, but in step five, for whatever reason, it just didn't work. That's a, yeah. an interesting theory with that. I, I think there's there's definitely something behind that as well because we've just seen um, over the, the the weekend we had. Cambridge beat uh, Newcastle in the FA Cup, yeah, and they were they were trying to analyse like why, how was Cambridge you know beating a Premier League side, and they they were saying about the the strikers Cambridge had in particular Ironside who scored the winner, and they were saying because he would come up against a Premier League defender they would be used to defending against Premier League quality strikers where you know Ironside are they I think League League Two or League One wherever. That they they wouldn't like you said they wouldn't be pushing as you would expect or they wouldn't be pressing or yeah. you know that they would they would go you know like his job would might, might be like to just to back into the centre backs and push him out of the way things like that rather than yeah yeah know, like, like trying to like the the Premier League strikers aren't going to do because they're good enough to get the ball down spin him you know what I mean do a little bit of yeah, skill yeah. beating do you know what I mean. Whereas the League Two players might probably can't do that kind of stuff, but what they can do really well is get their body in, they're clever, they draw fouls, stuff like that, and that's how they'll probably beat them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I can see how how you, what you mean is you're almost too good. You were trying to play, you know, on the floor. You were trying to play attractive football, and then you come mm. up against a bloke that basically just wants to kick you in the legs. You know what I mean? Yeah. That, that, that's, that might be his job. In the in the in the in that season, there wasn't one game where we got absolutely battered. It was the other way around. Mm. We would we would dominate games every single game, 
but we just couldn't put the ball in the back of the net and it would be, they'd have one chance and it would just go in. That was just the kind of season we had. Um, I don't know if he was at the TV game um, and we were literally just... Yeah, this one where Joe um, made an error like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he got himself a move off that one. Um, (laughs) But that was their one shot on goal all game. I think, I don't think we, they came into our half for the rest of the game. Mm. And we lost one nil. We must have had twenty shots on target. Yeah. And, um, but that was the story of that season for some reason. Yeah, it certainly was. And, and um, lastly, on the point that you make about um, experience within that team, and and I know I'm fairly new to watching um, football at this level, and, and particularly Worcester. But one thing I noticed straight away. I mean, I knew you were fairly young for a goalkeeper. I didn't realise you were twenty three or twenty four as you are now. Um, and and I think that stands to the fact that when uh, and this is you know a massive compliment to yourself. When when I watched you play as a goalkeeper, you didn't you didn't look like a twenty three or twenty four year old. You you looked like a you were always very composed. You never looked rushed. You did things at your own pace. You did the yeah. basics really well. And so I think that's just testament to you. When you know you are the age you are, whereby you might find similar goalkeepers at the same age who might be a little bit more rash with their decision making. But for you, it was always. What you always came across as very composed on the ball. Is that something that you you you've always worked on as a as a goalkeeper? Um in the terms of like mentality wise or like well, well mentality wise, I would say from talking to you now for the first time, I would say that you're quite a, a laid back composed person anyway. So I suppose yeah. is, was it just a case of translating that onto the pitch for you? Yeah, kind of. I just like mentally, like as you know, like the goalkeeper position is 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 really hard, and I, I do try and do a lot of work on my mentality side of things. Um, mm. As you know, you have to remain as positive as you possibly can, and I sometimes struggle with that because obviously, if you do make a mistake, it ends up in the back of the net. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. you've all, if you've always got that playing on your mind. Um, then it's probably going to happen. Do you know what I mean? So you've always got to try and have a positive state of mind. And I just think, like I said, the way that I play, I like to have a high starting position. I'll come out and sweep everything. Mm. Um, and I just look at it as a sense of I'll probably come and sweep, you know, 50 balls that they could get onto and just get onto a 1v1 situation and possibly score. But I'll be there and I'll come and clear it. But there might be the one time, do you know what I mean, where I'm going to get it wrong and he's just going to nip it around me and tap it into yeah. an open. Yeah. But I just look at it in a positive way that I've stopped 50 chances, do you know what I mean, happening. Yeah. yeah. By having that really high start line, there'll probably be a time where I get lobbed from the halfway line. But <laughs> I'll, I'll take that over them having 50 chances through on goal, 1v1, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's just how, I, like I said, I, I try and play and I try and play out from the back as much as possible because... Um, you know what I mean that's what that's what the outfielders are there to do though. give them the mm. ball rather than try and boom it all the time um, try and do that but yeah I think if you have a if you have a calm calm nature as a goalkeeper I think it it builds a trust with your defence do you know what I mean if you're erratic yeah. and mm. yeah, of course. They, don't know what, yeah. they don't know what you're doing that just puts fear in them do you know what I mean and, in, mm. and I think the biggest thing for a goalkeeper is trust and this is yeah. why they say, like, are you 28-year-old, you're 30-year-old, you, you know, when you're in your prime. I don't actually think you're in your prime when you're that age. I think mentally you're in your prime. So if you can master the mental side of the game at 23, 
your ability will just stay the same. Do you know what I mean? You're not. Yeah. Good uh, point. If anything, at 28, your ability is on the way down. Do you know what I mean? You physically, you're on your way down. Mm. But Mm. it's more your mental side for a goalkeeper, 100%. And it's that trust. Like if you build a manager's trust, you'll see goalkeepers in non-league stay with the same manager round and round and round. Um, And that was one of the biggest things with me going from Alberchurch. I had a very good couple of seasons at Worcester, but no interest from any clubs really because a a manager doesn't trust me. Do you know what I mean? So Mm. thankfully I had um, Longy at at Alberchurch who who put a bit of trust in me and, and... it's paid off, kind of. I've, I've seemed to have a good season so far there. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we, we're just going to ask you about that. And, and I saw recently, did you win um, Player of the Month as, as well there? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, how how's that going for you? Are you enjoying it? Um, enjoying it out of church? Yeah, yeah, I'm enjoying it. Obviously, when I went there, again, like, I've always been used to Tamworth being the number one. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I was guaranteed number one, no matter what happened. Whereas uh, Alba Church, um, it was made very clear, like, you, you're fighting for your spot, do you know what I mean? And you keep it. When you got it, you keep it. Um, so it was a very different situation for me. Uh, I struggled at the start, first couple of games, just with the having a having a kind of rapport with the players. Mm. Um, it always comes to time, Yeah, they probably saw a, a step five keeper coming in and thinking... Well, I don't know if I trust him here, do you know what I mean? Um, which is understandable, do you know what I mean? But I just try and did everything that I could to to get that trust and and um thankfully it came. And since then we've just been flying really. And like myself in performances, I've just been gradually getting better and better, getting used to the league and and uh starting to create a name for myself at, at step three now. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Um, where where can you see yourself then? Would you say, um, say in in a in a number of years' time, where do you think you could see yourself and potentially? You, you, I mean, your own potential. Um, I'd 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 love to be full time football. Yeah, that's the, mm. that's the idea, and that doesn't mean. Uh, League Two, League One, Championship, whatever. Just full-time football. Um, I, I couldn't think of something better than than just playing football, like in the day, and then that's it. Do you know what I mean? Not having a not having a job where you've got a coach, or I mean, I love coaching, but working till eight o'clock at night coaching, or doing my teaching and marking assignments and stuff like that. Just playing football full-time um, would just be the the ideal situation for me. Um, obviously, to play the highest level possible. Um, my aims personally would be, probably be National League. Yep. Um, that's where I'd like to be at. But like I said, for a goalkeeper, it, 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 it's so much harder. You can have one really good season as a striker. You don't even have to have one really good season. You can have a half a good season as a striker, score 10, 15 goals in half a season. Get yourself a move. Uh, mm. There's a couple of lads from step two that I've just seen getting a move from Gateshead, Brackley, wherever to Accrington, Hartlepool. Just they've scored 14 goals. They got themselves a move. Do you know what I mean? 
Yeah. I think I've kept nine clean sheets this season from 20-something games, which for me, like, it, it kind of, for a goalkeeper, is the same Very as goals, good. isn't it? Yeah. Um, I set myself a target for the, for the season to keep 10. And by Christmas, I'd kept nine. So, mm. but for some reason, the 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 interest in goalkeepers is 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 nowhere near the same. Everyone wants someone that can score fifteen to thirty goals a season mm. um, as soon as possible. Whereas a goalkeeper, they probably want to see you keep ten clean sheets a season for the next three seasons before they even start thinking about you. Yeah, it's very true. It's very true, actually. Yeah, I suppose it's a position maybe you've got to be trusted more in a sense. You know, with a striker, you could have, say, like five or ten shots, you know, and eventually score one and the manager goes, well, well, at least, you know, at least he's got Mm -hmm. his goal. But, you know, you can make so many saves, let one in and everyone goes, ah, you know, Jesus, he's crap, you know what I mean? Even if you've had a really good game, like, I think in in a way it's, it's unfair how... How that works out. And for me, what I've always said is being a goalkeeper, I feel like I play goalkeeper inside of playing football. So for me, it's a sport inside a sport. So mm, you've, got okay. football, you've, got, you've got football and then you've got goalkeeper on a separate a separate thing. You know what I mean? We don't train with the we don't train with the outfielders, we train on our own, we do our own things. Yeah. We catch the ball instead of kick it. For me, it's a sport within a sport. We're mm. completely separate to everyone else, and um, when you think about it like that, it's it's completely different. And you think about how how many people genuinely know the details of goalkeeping who can say like, "Oh, yeah, he, he, he actually has done that wrong." How many times do we get a goalkeeper on a on a punditry? You know, well, I, mean, I, see, I always see Roy Keane going, oh, we should have saved that. And I watched him. Yeah. I mean, no chance he's going to save that. Mm. I mean, there's no, he's nowhere near it. Like, yeah. and I'll know because of, but then I can also see where, he, oh, we should have saved that or we should have done better that. Or if he did this, he would have done that better. But for someone who doesn't know the ins and outs of goalkeeping, which most people don't because they have never done it, um, th- they just don't understand. So, Again, that kind of goes into the the idea of moving up levels. If you've got scouts coming to games, yeah, they might see a good save, but then they'll see a goal in. And if they're not a goalkeeper-specific scout, how are they going to know whether that's a goalkeeping error or a... Do you know what I mean? So that's yeah. why it's again, 10 times harder for for people. Mm. Yeah, and and I, I suppose as well, there's only one position in the team. You know I mean? There's, there's one goalkeeper and that's it. You know, you can maybe have... Even if you play one striker, you might want to have three in the team. Yeah. Or, you know, midfielders, you can have, you know, up to like 10 or whatever, you know, you yeah. can play different different types of midfield and drop in and drop back and things. But yeah, if you have a goalkeeper, that's it. You know, there's one. You might have two in the whole squad. And that's yeah. it. So, yeah, I mean, like you said, the, the demand's not there, but I mean, it's, yeah, it's so hard. In, Especially in like well. you say, if, if I'm going to play non-league so I want to play as the number one choice in non-league so there's only 20 in the National League 20 in the um, National League law North or South it would be the North for me yeah and then 20 in our league 
Right. So I don't want to drop any lower than that. That's 60 places up for grabs. And I've got to fill one of them. So yeah. when you said, like, I could go to a Solly or Moors, but why I'm going to be second or third choice? Well, there's, there's no point in me doing that, is there? Or why would I go to a, a, a Leamington, for example, who aren't full time and just be a number two to, to Jake Weaver? There would be no point. So it, it's, finding that number one position mm. at the highest mm. level possible. And when you narrow it down, that's 60 places across the whole of the whole of our leagues. Do you know what I mean? So it's not a lot of it's not a lot of positions. That's mad when you think about it. When you put it like that. Mm. Six, yeah, 60 well. places. And it, and that is across pretty much the whole country because unless you go because national leagues are obviously wherever. And then you've got the north and south. So if you want to, I wouldn't obviously be able to travel for south football. But um, so really you're looking at 60 places to fill. And I've got to be one of those 60 out of how many goalkeepers there is, do you know what I mean? And then teams getting people in from loans, from pro clubs. It's hard for goalkeepers to to push on through through the non-league system. Whereas like, like I was saying, team might have five strikers. You know what I mean? Or maybe a couple more who are strikers slash wingers. And then yeah. for them, you've now got 600 places mm. for strikers compared to your 60 places for, for, for goalkeepers. Yeah. Yeah, you're not wrong. That's mad. Um, so what, I think you touched a little bit upon it, but what would you say being a goalkeeper means to you? For me, I think it's like I said, just just doing your job. For for me, it's the biggest thing is like you say is is building that trust. You've got to have a character as a goalkeeper. You've got someone's got to say like, "Oh, what's Dan Joseph like? Oh, he he has a really good starting position. Comes out, wins everything. He's really good with his feet. He'll just come in. He'll just zing it out left, right. Yeah, he's got a really good start." Just something about you as a goalkeeper has to be special. Um, and you just build that up by having a character and doing it consistently. Um, and you've got to have that, like I said, that that main word that keeps coming back is trust. The only way you're going to yeah. be able to do that is if you're playing. And the only way you're going to be playing is if you gain the manager's trust. Um, so it's, like I said, it's a, it's a hard one, but you just have to be so switched on all the time it's it's like you said if you switch off for 30 seconds and then that 30 second shot comes in it ends up in the back of the net whereas if like say if a striker comes in and he, he miskicks it or he does something wrong not the end of the world yeah we'll get another chance it doesn't matter we'll get another ball in doesn't matter um but with a goalkeeper you, you don't get that do you know what i mean and if you if you if it does happen then Unfortunately, it's in the back of the net nine times out of ten. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> what? That's, yeah. No, it, it's very true. It, it, that's the thing about yeah. goalkeepers. They're, they're, they're the last line of the defence. And, and any, mm. like you say, Dan, the, it, there's no room for error, is there, in your position? No. There's absolutely no room for error. And and I think like you made a perfect example there with strikers. You know, if they, if they miss a chance... Within 10 minutes, it's forgotten about. You're on to the next one. You're building again for the next yeah. one. If a keeper makes a mistake... More often than not, it's game changing, isn't it? 
Um, yeah. And that's exactly what you say about the mental side of the game as well, For particularly for a goalkeeper. You need to be mentally strong and, and, and almost be not okay with making mistakes, but, you know, acknowledge that that happens in your position because of the trust and, and the, the, the well, um, not, responsibility that, that you've happened. got. Not that it happens in my position, but it happens in football. Yeah, yeah, how times, yeah. How many times does a midfielder make a mistake? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. unfortunately, I am going to drop the ball. I'm human. I'm going to drop the ball. If I didn't, I'd be playing in the Prem at my age. Yeah. yeah I'm going to drop the ball. I'm going to miss kick the ball. If I didn't, and I could hit everyone's feet all the time, I'd be up for nominations of the Ballon d'Or, but I can't. <laughs> that's why. That's why I'm playing like at the level I am do you know what I mean so you just got to accept the fact that unfortunately like mistakes happen in football just it happens it's more severe for me basically and it's more looked upon if if I do something wrong because normally it's going to end up in the back of the net yeah so yeah, how how do you deal with the pressure then of of being you know the, the last line of defence how, how do you deal with that um is it a lot a lot of the stuff is, is mental training and a lot of it is it coming through experience so playing games like a step five or step six whatever step you need to go and get games at going to get games going to make mistakes um fortunately i didn't make that many mistakes i can remember at worcester um not massive oh, for that. <laughs> um whereas Church, my first game Drop one in, we lost one nil, and I'm thinking, oh my god! Like, uh, not only are the fact that I come here as a step five keeper, on the first game of the season, I've dropped one in, we've lost one nil, and we should have gone on and won, but it felt awful after that game. Um, and after that game, I did a lot of mindset training, listening to podcasts. Um, Cassius Michael's a really good one. Um, listening to some of his stuff. Speaking to uh, Lee Evans, the goalkeeper coach who was at a time off before, just yeah. working on my mindset and trying to turn it into a positivity because a lot of the times I would be going out onto the pitch hoping that I didn't make a mistake. Mm. So I'd always be thinking, like playing today, hope I don't make a mistake. As, as long as I don't make a mistake, I'm happy. And it was like, well, if you think like that already, you're trying to avoid a mistake and then you're probably going to end up making one. So if yeah. you just go out and be positive and do what you know you're good at, then you should be fine. And from then, really, I just kicked on. Um, and that's where my season really started to take off, really. Um, so like I said, if preparing for that, it has to be done from, from experiences, really, and learning mm -hmm. from it and then progressing from it. How... Like I said, how I did it was podcast, talking to people, like, and just just playing. It's the only way you can do it, really, is just playing. Um, so, yeah. Mm, well, um, yeah honestly, you, you don't think at all about, you know, this much preparation and work going into it. The knowledge of goalkeepers, like I said, I could sit here and speak to you for hours and you'd honestly think I was explaining the, the rules for a new game. You'd be thinking, <laughs> like, your mind would be blown. Like, how yeah. much detail there is in goalkeeping. And obviously, I'm a, I'm a goalkeeper coach myself, like a one-to-one -one goalkeeper coach. So I've done some coaching badges and stuff. And a lot of it is just so 
in detail if, if the finest of margin is out do you know what i mean if your hands are compared to like catching the ball there if your hands are there you drop the ball and you're doing this at, that someone's hit a ball at you 80 miles an hour and you've got to make sure your hands are banged perfect like that and it's slightly off like that you're not catching the ball like that because that hand's higher and you'll end up dropping it mm. so then it's all about making decisions am i going to catch that my hands are out of position can i parry it where am i going to parry it to I mean, you've got to do all of that in a split second. Yeah, so, yeah. As, as as the ball's flying towards you, you got it. Yeah, you yeah. got. To... So as soon as he kicks the ball, you've got to assess the flight of the ball, assess if there's any spin on the ball. So is it going to curl? Is it coming into you? Is it going away from you? Where is the opposition coming into? Where am I looking to parry it to? All within space of two seconds before the ball's hit you. Mm. And then. Of course, as well, you've got your footwork as well. I mean, obviously, you can do things with your hands, but then you've also got to make sure, you know, am I gonna, am I in a position to jump for it? Am I gonna mm-hmm. fall over? Whatever, am I? You yeah. Know, yeah. So just so much goes through. Um, that's why, I, like, sometimes I just watch the like videos of the England stuff on on YouTube and and when Pickford's in and how much they actually do like with their feet is is crazy um obviously for me it just comes natural now but if you probably to watch a session a goalkeeper session you you like you said you'd be blown away a bit like like i am really when i watch outfield sessions like for what they do to me looks alien do you know what i mean whereas probably yeah, yeah. people if i had to explain a, a goalkeeper session to someone or what actually needs to go on it's not as simple as just standing there and diving mm. there's a lot of um a lot more detail that goes into it than that, uh, which I don't think people understand a lot of the time. A question I want to ask you, um, Dan, and, and and it's again linked to the mental side of it, as it always is with a goalkeeper. It would it would appear. Let's talk about penalties because obviously that's it, it's it's a one on one. Essentially, it's it's more often not a, a striker, whoever it might be, against the goalkeeper. More often mm-hmm. not, they're scored. How, quite simply, how do you save a penalty? What goes through your mind before it's taken? Um, you know, do you do research before a game, even at the level that you're at now, or like Worcester's level, whatever level it might be? Do you look at the penalty taker, which way they go? Do you try and psych them out in terms of mind games? Talk to us about that whole routine and how you prepare for, for a penalty. Um, well, obviously, being at, being at Tamworth a lot more, and especially Evo, uh, he was really switched on to it. So before a game, we'd be doing maybe three or four penalties, looking over, stuff like that. Um, at this level, I do more of the research myself. Um, so I just really quickly have a look on, see if there's any clips on of any recent penalties. If I can't find anything, I can't find anything. I don't scroll through, going through for hours. Yeah. But I quickly have a 10, 15 minute look, see if I can find anything. Um, if not, then I've come up with my own kind of formula on how to save a penalty, basically. And it was okay. it was um, mentioned to me by Neil Cutler, who who originally came up with it, and I've just kind of carried it on, basically. Which was, if you had a player that was a um, a tricky player, a, tr- a player who would who would be used to curling the ball, so a winger. Um, maybe like a, a a decent centre forward that would has a little bit of a little bit of technique about them. Nine mm. times out of ten, they're going to choose to whip the ball because that's their most comfortable shot. 
Yeah. If you had a if you had a um a player that's more of like a number four or a defender take a penalty or someone who's a bit safer, they're gonna go for the side foot, um like open their foot, side foot into the net. So I would always say if I'm going from goalkeeper side, if it's a, a or someone who's going to whip it, I'd dive right, make the save down, the ball's going to be going away from me. If it's more of a, what I would say is a safety player, so a number four, or if I see him wearing Copper Mundials, he's going to go to my left. <laughs> so, I mean, it doesn't always come off, but um, it's just, you got to do anything you can to try and gain an advantage. And if that, I see that as an advantage, do you know what I mean? As yeah, why, why wouldn't you pick your safest shot if you're used to curling the ball on a penalty, you're probably going to try and curl the ball. Yeah. That's very, goodness me. I've never thought about that before. Like you look at someone's boots and you think, you know what? You, you fancy yourself a bit. You're going to try and do something yeah, a little so bit different. Come, I've never thought of it like that. If you come up against a winger on a penalty and he's wearing mercs, then yeah. I'm probably going to think, you're right, you're, you think you've got a little bit. You're probably going to whip this. So I'll dive to my right. Yeah, it, it's still probably 80 20 in his favor, but mm. it's one little thing I can do to try and read him, read his personality, basically. Yeah, absolutely. You're not wrong at all. And, and, and another sort of technical question about goalkeeping how how do you cope with diving on your weaker side of the Because obviously it's, it's second nature to you now, of course. But does, for instance, if you're left footed, I think you're are you right or left footed, Jazz? Uh, right foot. Right footed. So, for instance, if you're diving to your right, is it easier to uh, save with your right, for instance, or rather than being non-left footed um, and saving to your left? Is, is there any differences in that? I'm just trying to think. I'm just trying to imagine what I, what foot I prefer to pull off. I probably prefer <laughs> to push off my left. Okay. Um, probably. Being, then go to your right. Yeah. So, well, you push off with your with your closest foot. So, if you go to the left, you push off with your left. Okay, got it. You push off your right, basically. Yeah. Um, I think it obviously, if it's a weakness for you, whatever your weakness side is, you just you just train on that side. Um, I think you you will always have a weaker side. You have a preference. I like I said, I still do um, have a preference on which side I would dive. I probably feel like I get a bit more height, a bit more power through my left side. But mm. um, in terms of does it play a massive effect when you're you've played for say ten years? Probably not so much. Do you know what I mean? But you probably do always have a weaker side. Um, yeah. What side it is, I'm not sure. I don't know whether because whether it's just a habit thing, whether it's just a, a strength thing, whether like you said, it's your strong foot and you push off that side. For me, it's not. So I don't know what the what the formula is for that. To be honest, but. Hmm. Maybe it's because you're standing foot, so you can push off it a bit more. You know so I mean? how how do you how do you train your weaker side? Like you said, you train it. So is that is that just take like diving on your weaker side, say like ten times, and, and just keep doing that over and over again? Yeah, like I said, I've never like specifically worked on my weaker side. As you learn the technique, you just apply it to both sides. Okay. But like you say, you will always just feel a bit unnatural going one way than you do the other way. Uh, I don't think it's anything you can... It's probably the same with striking a ball. Like with your weak foot and your strong foot, you practice your weak foot. But you still know it's your weak foot, do you know what I mean? You're not going to be able to kick it as good as you can with your right foot. 
Um, so I think it's, it just works the same kind of way, basically. So, yeah, so staying on the, the mental uh, side of it, a bit of a, a, a silly sounding question, but um, this is certainly something I experienced because we, we had a bit of a kick about um, uh, last, uh, well, on, the, on the weekend. And yeah. I fancied myself as a bit of a goalkeeper. But I've always been scared, this sounds stupid, of the ball hitting me. And like, mm. you think, well, you know, stupid being a goalkeeper. So when you first started going into goal, was that ever something that you were worried about? Were you Did you ever sort of maybe flinch away and uh, presume now you're not scared of a ball hitting you? So how, how do you get over that as well? Certainly hope it's not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I was, I was scared of the ball when I was younger. Hundred percent. I don't. I don't know who wouldn't be. Do you know what I mean? You, nine, ten, whatever years old, thirteen years old, getting hit by a ball and it hurts and it stings. So I don't know why you would want to be hit by a ball. Um, I think it's just one of those that, obviously, when you catch the ball, it doesn't hurt. Do you know what I mean? When you parry the ball, it doesn't hurt most of the time, unless you catch it wrong. Uh, but a one v one. Um, for me uh, obviously playing men's football I'd much rather be hit by the ball than it go in the back of the net do you know what I mean that's going to hurt me a lot more than it go back in the net so especially probably the past season or two I've loved it do you know what I mean I've made some blocks this season I, I was explaining it to my to one of, the, of my mates who I work with uh, coaching and I just explained it to him and I was just like, yeah, I've come out for this one real one. I've spread myself and I said, it hit off my chest and I went like that. And he said, stop there. I said, the ball hit you that hard. I was like, yeah, it hit me so hard it went out for a throwing. It was like, <laughs> I don't know how you do it. Do you know what I mean? And I was just like, I was thinking back and I was like, I didn't hurt though because you were that like, that like excited about making the save. Do you know what I mean? He's thrown yeah. goal. I've come flying out. I've just spread myself. He's smashed out at me. He's ended up going that far he's hit it that hard and I've come out that fast that he's end up going for a throw in and I, I thought back I was like no that, that I it that genuinely didn't hurt um mm. so that's just how I, I kind of see it now do you know what I mean it's, it's my job to kind of put my body on the line in those situations and 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 kind of do those things really yeah 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 and, and talking about, um, you mentioned the save there. Um, the, the penultimate question I want to ask you is, have you got something in your mind that you would class as maybe the best save that you've made in your career? And, and try and explain it a little bit if you've got one of those in your mind. Um, there's a couple really. One that, that really stands out for me was um, playing for Tamworth against Hensford. I think it was in a cup game. Um Headers come in and almost like the is it the Gordon Banks saves where he saves it behind him. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah, kind of flicks it up. So I've done that, I've saved it literally behind me. Like it must be about I don't know, a yard behind me. I flicked it up onto the post, onto the crossbar, sorry, and it stayed out from like six yards out. The guy's headed it up from, from a corner. Um, so that's probably been my best individual save, um, that comes to mind straight away. Yeah, great. Um, and then, I mean, I can I can vision that now because I suppose when the ball's coming from such a short distance, I suppose those are the best saves, aren't they? Because your reaction time is less and less as the closer they get, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, so it just becomes instinct. You just throw a hand out and hope that you get something okay. on it and it stays out. Yeah, mm. absolutely. So just just one one more question. Sorry, just you, you say about like the like a reaction sort of save. So it just say you've got like some some rapid striker like barreling down towards you. You run a in a one on one. Mm. Um, you know, you, you might go and rush out. You might try and sort of make you know make yourself big. What what goes through through your head? Because I mean, it's only like a couple of seconds, and he's taking a shot. What what goes through your head to to say right? I'm gonna save this. I mean, I suppose it depends on the situation the the situation you're in. But yeah, yeah. So obviously, depending on again, lots of things. What he's doing if he's moving away from goal. So if he's running away from the goal, so say he's going off on the angle, then I wouldn't come out and like spread myself, I'd try and stay at home, stay and just defend the angle. Do you know what I mean? Because the further he goes away from the goal, the harder the angle gets. So if I start rushing out and he slots it past me whilst I'm running, then you've obviously given him an easier chance. If he's mm. running straight at goal, then you've got the decision to make on whether if he I've got to be on the front foot ready. If he has a really big touch, I'm going to come out and just go with my hands, clean him out. Um, if he has a good touch and then I see his foot come back. It, this is what I, like there's loads of different scenarios, do you know what I mean? Depending on yeah. how close he is, how far away he is, depends whether I stay uh, like in goal. Um at some point I have to close the angle down. If the ball's bouncing, I can't come running out to him because it's easy for him to lob me. Um as soon as I see his foot go back, I need to set basically and then I'll make a decision whether I go and spread myself. So you see like um, a lot of keepers have done it now. Joe Hart spread where he just throws it. It almost looks like he does the splits in the air um, and just throws himself at the ball. Um, that's kind of the technique that I go for, which comes off majority of the time um, where you just kind of spread yourself into a big star and uh, try and make the block, basically. Yeah. Great. Um, and then the last question that we've got for you, Dan, and I'm sure you've got a few from your from your time in football. Um, talk to us about a, a couple of funny stories that you might got that you can share with us. Um, if it helps and you want to defend someone, you can leave their name out as well if that uh, if that helps you out a little bit. Um, one that really sticks out for me, and uh, to be fair, I told him that I'm probably going to use it if this question comes up, so he, he won't mind me saying. <laughs> um, when we were at Tamworth, we had a, I think it was Christmas night out, and um, we'd been out and uh, not come to an end. A couple of the old lads had gone back to the hotel already. Um, and me and Callum Powell, who was obviously, he was at Tamworth with us, who I now work with as well. Um, I think Dexter Walters was there, who's back at Tamworth now. Mm. Um, we were just coming back to the hotel. And uh, we got back to the hotel. We were just about to go back to our rooms and... All of a sudden, we hear this like uh, what almost sounded like a hose pipe going off. Okay. Uh, me and Dexter have turned around, and this corridor—you obviously imagine like a hotel corridor, long, loads of doors everywhere, long yeah. corridor. We turn around; the whole place is white with foam. Oh wow! <laughs> the fire extinguisher is in Cal's hand. He's spraying it everywhere. Like the whole hotel is is covered in fire extinguisher foam everywhere. <laughs> it's like dripping from the ceilings, the carpet. It, honestly, it was like it was in the middle of Antarctica. Just everywhere was white. And uh, 
Obviously, it's not just us staying in the hotel, the guests staying in the hotel. Everywhere. Yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. They're coming out of their rooms and uh, Cal's spraying it in their rooms. Just It's, it's just everywhere. And uh, eventually, as you can imagine, the the police have come. Um, right. I've kicked everybody out. So I think there was about 20 lads staying in hotels. All of us had to go. Anybody who made the reservation under time of is gone, basically. Oh wow! Um, so there was lads, obviously a couple of the older lads have gone to bed. This was like two in the morning. A couple of the old lads up out. Everyone pack your stuff. You got to go. Now, obviously, we've all been out drinking. So what do we do at two o'clock in the morning? We're like, what do you do? We got no hotel. Um, all hotels nearby have been told not to let us in. Like a group of wow. 16, 20 lads in. Oh my word. Like, it ended up being we all just crammed in people's cars because obviously we car shared up there. Yeah. So um at the time it obviously wasn't funny, but looking back now, hilarious. Experience. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. I love that. Yeah. Uh listen, mate, thank you uh, so much for coming on the party, mate. We really appreciate it. It's the first time we've had a goalkeeper. Uh, on the podcast so it's always yes, good to yeah. we've had plenty of outfield players on the podcast but to never a goalkeeper so to understand yeah. a very very different side of the game uh, hopefully I've opened your eyes to goalkeeping yeah very much oh so. you have very you have so. yeah crazy and absolutely. everyone else's as well who, who yeah. listens to this yeah hopefully of course of yeah course, it's absolutely. been um, yeah a person just for me it's yeah I, I will appreciate goalkeepers a lot more I yeah that's yeah, that's just a little bit of appreciation. That's all. We, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like yeah. a it's like a plea for okay. help, isn't it? it is, yeah. uh, but listen, Dan, thanks so much for coming on. Really appreciate it, and we'll catch up with you soon. Nice one, mate. Cheers. Thank you for listening to this episode of the High Press Podcast. We really hope that you've enjoyed the episode today. Um, we'll be really, really grateful if you could leave a review on your preferred podcast provider, whether that be iTunes or whether that be Spotify or Google or whoever it might be, um, just so people can find our episode a little bit more easily. Yeah, and go ahead and follow us on our social medias at the High Press Pod. We're on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, where we're going to be announcing all of our guests, uh, any updates, and uh, just generally, just that's where you can find us. Right, thank you guys, and we'll see you soon.